Welcome to Everything Imaginable, the podcast for curious minds from KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochilillo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cochilillo, and today we have Donna, I don't know, whatever it's the, Mielin, Mielinson? <laughs> Melinson. Melinson. Yeah. Uh, I hate syllables. <laughs> no, <laughs> no one can pronounce it. And she is the author of a newly released book, Yogi's Path to Peace. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you for having me. Um, so uh, what inspired um, uh, what inspired you to write the book? Do you teach yoga? I am a yoga teacher. I've been a yoga teacher for um, a little over 10 years. I, um, I came on this path, this yoga path, which is the whole reason why I wrote this book. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a memoir. It's a story of my life. And I, I start on a mountaintop where I'm thinking of... Um, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of a crisis and I'm trying to change my life. And I start hearing this chant of yoga, 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 and which I thought was crazy because I didn't know anyone who practiced yoga at the time or anyone who did yoga. And uh, then a friend gave me a, a VHS tape of a yoga uh, teacher and a really small old yoga mat. And I started practicing yoga every day and um, I was hooked. I it changed my life and uh, helped propel me into the life I'm living now. Wow. So did it help you just physically or did it help you mentally also? I think it helped me more mentally than anything. Um, like I said, I was living through a crisis and mm -hmm. um, I was losing everything. I had been a real estate agent um, right at the time of the last financial crisis. And I knew I was going to lose everything that I had. And all I had all I have done was work really hard my whole life, you know, as all of us feel like, I think, um, you know, we are all sacrificing for, you know, to get ahead or make that our self secure. And I, you know, I had been a real estate agent before that. I owned my own food brokerage company. I owned a vitamin store and I was just had been trying to find that peace all along. So, I thought that being a real estate agent would bring me around other people, but then the financial crisis came and I um, had all my eggs in that one basket. I had, you know, owned that land that I was hiking, that mountain. I owned a hundred acres. Um, I was getting ready to, um, what's it called? Develop it. <laughs> and I also was uh, uh, finishing up building a house and my builder was going belly up and, so it was a whole little thing so that, um, you know, that propelled me towards my crisis of, you know, what am I going to do now? Where am I going to go? How am I going to handle this? You know, and I, I wasn't happy anyway was the thing. Uh -huh. I worked hard. I had all these things, houses, and I got to travel, and I had cars, and, but I was never happy. And so um, this was my journey to peace and my journey to happiness and, and how I found it. So how did yoga um, help you turn your attention, you know, from the outward, you know, life, which obviously wasn't going well during that time, you know, to, to an inward path where you were able to find happiness? 
Well, as I started practicing yoga, I just started feeling like these little bits of peace after, you know, I just did that 30 minute gentle yoga practice and I would meditate after and I just started feeling calm and peace. And then when my, I calmed down, my, when your body calms down, your mind slows down a little too. And so I was able to get some clarity on where I wanted to go and uh, what I needed to do to get there. Um, so I think in the sitting in the peace, I just, um, totally start living the life that I wanted to be living and not the life that I felt like I was supposed to be living. And that's where the peace and happiness came. Um, like I know for me, my own personal experience, um, like it wasn't yoga that teached my life, but it was definitely meditation. When I learned how to uh, meditate, learn how to separate myself from my thoughts, just to give myself that little bit of distance, um, you know, for me, that really changed things. Was it like that for you? Yes. I, I, the meditation is the key. I think that the yoga, the postures and the breathing uh, just help get you into the meditation. So I think that's what the physical postures did for me. Um, that, but the meditation, you're right, is the key. That's where you get the clarity and, and the, the separation of thoughts, where you have that awareness Right, because one of the things I learned pretty quickly, really, it really did, it didn't take long, like the realization that, I, you know, I'm not my thoughts. Yes. Um, it, I don't know. I think because I was going through a crisis and everything, I don't think I caught it really soon, you know, not right away, but um, mm -hmm. fairly quickly. I just started having little glimpses of this awareness of, of the thoughts and the stories that I was starting to tell myself, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and once you have that, I know for me anyway, once I had that, you know, it really changed how I relate to the world outside. Exactly. Exactly. You're, you see your connection to, to everything. Um, and so then it starts affecting what you do and what you say and, um, and what you who you want to be in, in this world. So when this all began for you, you know, in the middle of the, this crisis, um, like, what was it like for you? Like, how did it feel emotionally? Um, how did your outside life change? Um, like, like, what, you know, what happened? <laughs> well, I, um, I actually thought I was going to have a nervous breakdown, <laughs> but I didn't. Right. I, um, I did lose everything. Um, and so outwardly, I just started, you know, on my journey, I just started journaling, doing my practice and started thinking about, well, I have a, you know, having this realization that I have a do over. So what, since I'm recreating my life, I can recreate it however I want. What will make me happy? What does my life look like living happily? And I knew at the same time um, that I was going through this, um, that I wanted to inspire other people because I had been uh, unhappy for like 10 years prior to this, or maybe even 20 years prior to this. Mm -hmm. So I started realizing I didn't want anyone else to suffer like I had been, because I realized how so easy it was, like you said, to shift your thoughts and to realize that you aren't your thoughts and how I was self-torturing myself for for so long. And so I had that realization. I thought, I, this is so easy. I don't want anyone else to, to suffer like that. 
Yeah, I, I can definitely relate to that. Um, but but I, I also know from my own experience, too, um, when you lose everything and you're left with nothing, um, it's brutal. <laughs> you know, there's like this, there, there's definitely like, like I know for me, you know, from my own experience, there, there's sort of like a grieving process, yeah. you know, where, where I really felt bad and, you know, I was just doing all kinds of crazy things just to make myself feel better, you know, like overeating and spending money that I didn't have and, you know, and just doing weird things just to make myself feel better. It took me a while to kind of settle down, feel my emotions. And then I would say, like, it really took me a couple of years to heal and, and to, to, completely turn my attention to, to, to something else. Yeah, I think it was a process for me too. Like I said, I've been sad for so long and I had been, uh, I think, reading self-help books for the 10 years prior to all this, but obviously none of it worked because I still wasn't happy and then I was mm -hmm. losing everything. But um, I, when I started practicing the yoga, um, I think that was my outlet. Like you said, you were starting to do all these crazy things that I just started practicing yoga because it, um, it grounded me in the moment so that I wasn't, you know, jumping out, wanting to jump out of my skin. I was fully present. I could feel the peace and, uh, and it felt really good. It almost was like a drug to me, like, ah, this is where I can go. Um, so that's why it's, um, the, when you slow your breath down and you move slowly, I wasn't doing a power yoga. I wasn't doing, I was just doing yoga to be fully present in the moment. And um, that's what um, gave me the peace and clarity. So um, after I did that for about, you know, was practicing that for about a year, then my, um, my life did just start changing slowly. You know, I couldn't see it at first, but I just mm -hmm. slowly started changing like, um, I wanted to be healthier and I wanted to um, eat better, but because I had less money, I was eating better because I had to cook my own food and, <laughs> and I was going for walks and things like that, that I never had time for. So I just, then I started realizing, Oh, I am living my new perfect life already because I'm changing it in, in that respect. Do you think it was your life that changed or was it you, you that changed and your perception that changed? It was me and my perception. You're right. But because I changed and my perception changed, everything else around me changed. But you're right. First, it has to be you and right. your perception. I think the perception is huge. I mean, really, I guess, you know, our, our life is our perception of it. That's true. <laughs> the, the, there's really probably no separation. So maybe that was just a bad question. <laughs> now no. that I think about it. <laughs> that was a great question. If we all, if we could just learn to, to shift our perception, our life, we would be, that would be the quickest, easiest fix right there, just to change your perception of how you look at things. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's really cool that, that, you found meditation and yoga pretty quickly, you know, um, after, you know, when you, were, when you were going through that crisis. So you didn't have to, you know, kind of go through that phase where I went through where I was just kind of creating myself like unnecessary pain, really. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Uh, well, I have been so self-torturing myself in my mind for 20 years, I think. So. <laughs> So then when I started going for that walk and take, I knew I needed to get out and get moving. And, uh, you know, so I started going to the land that I owned that I just went to hike it. So, cause I wanted to enjoy it while I still had it. Mm-hmm. And so I started walking that land and then I started hearing that chant. I don't know where it came from, but, um, this chant of yoga, <laughs> yoga, yoga, um, I don't know. It kept repeating over and over in my head. So I thought I should look into it and then, when my friend gave me that, I must have told a friend um, because she, out of the, I thought out of the blue, gave me the VHS recording in that yoga mat that changed my life. Maybe, or maybe it was just meant <laughs> to be, you know, everybody has their journey. Yeah, that's true. I would never have, um, I would never have shifted. I would have been in that, I would have stayed um, in the same path that I was on which was very, I was super busy. I was worked all the time and I never stopped to do anything else. I was a single parent at the time and, um, and had been for 10 years. And I didn't, um, I, wouldn't, I wasn't looking up. I wasn't looking up and looking around. I was just fully focused on the path that I was living, thinking I was doing all the right things that was expected of me. Mm-hmm. So, uh- I had a little bit of experience also with real estate. And one of the things that with the, with working in real estate is, um, I don't know, there's this really weird motivational side of it, (laughs) you know? And and I don't know even like, like looking back on it, I I would even venture to say that some of it's probably not even healthy. Hmm. I, I don't know if I'm relating. I guess I just went into the real estate because I wanted to meet other people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had been buying houses. I have a degree in interior design. That was That's my cool. major in college. And so I had been, while I was, uh, had the food brokerage company in the vitamin store, I was buying and selling houses on the side, fixing them up. And I was making just as much money doing that than I was in my um, other businesses. But in my other businesses, I was sitting, you know, alone. I was isolated. Uh-huh. Um, and so I thought, well, if I sell real estate because I have a natural knack, I'm doing well for myself, then maybe I should um, do that and help other people. It just didn't work out that way. <laughs> I, th- I don't know if I made any money in real estate after that. I made money while I was doing it on my own, but not uh, by the time I sold my real estate and mm-hmm. did advertising and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if I made any money. Yeah, I lost money. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. I, yeah, I worked for three years free, I think, or two years free. Yeah. <laughs> it pay- I didn't, yeah, I think it paid for itself, but I just didn't earn any money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've definitely lost money. Um, so, so, I mean, what was it that, that, that you think was making you unhappy and feeling unfulfilled for 20 years? What, what was it the focus on materialism? Was it the lack of spirituality? Uh, was, was it feeling disconnected from other people or just feeling disconnected from nature? I, I think all of that. I think I wasn't awake, if, you, if that's a good way to put it. 
I um, almost like I needed to be shook, like wake up, like, you know, be present, you know, um, be in tune to nature or in tune to yourself. I was just on the path of, okay, I graduated from high school. So the next thing I'm supposed to do is college. I go to graduate from college. Okay, now I need to get married and have children, which I did. And I didn't think about all the things that um, I was supposed to do um, along the way. I mean, I didn't think about what would make me happy. What is it that I really want to do? Because I had really wanted to travel and have an adventure and things like that. But I, I guess I didn't think I was, I didn't think that was what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know? So I was the good girl that did everything I was supposed to do, I think. So, so do you think that you let uh, society dictate what you were supposed to do rather than yes. your own, you know, what you felt inside? Yes, I think I let society dictate, you know, and the social norms of, you know, of my peers who I was around. And I grew up in South Florida, which where other than the beach, everything's pretty plasticky and not real. You know, it's more blingy and shiny. And um, and then when I moved, I moved to North Carolina, which is where I was hiking that mountain. And there is where I became more in tune with nature. I was fully present. I, I was more awake, I think, then. And when I lost everything, then I had time to pause and, you know, and, and think about it. And so it was really transformational and it really ended up being the best thing that could ever happen to me. I never would have shifted um, out of that life and to have the life that I have now. Interesting. Um, like in your life now, do you, do you, um, I guess, do, do you live more of a minimalistic type of life now than you did before? Yes. Yes and no. <laughs> um, I am very conscious now when I uh, do things like I, when we uh, purchased the house that we're living in, it was, we kept, we downsizing, we kept downsizing into a house that we think we would do it. But since then we've, uh, you know, built another house and we have that. So we have two small houses and one on an island and then this one. So um, we're, and I drive an old car now, um, not because I really have to, but because I think it's the right thing to do. I, I don't need anything more than that. So yeah, so I do live differently. I was like, it's uh, better for the planet to do mm-hmm. not, to drive the older car. <laughs> um, I don't go very many places and um, I, I just, you know, I don't feel the need to have all those things I used to have. Now I can see things and appreciate them for what they are and let them be there. Mm. I don't have to limit. So you don't need the BMW in the Louis Vuitton purse anymore. Correct. Exactly. I, um, and I did have a BMW before. <laughs> <laughs> and now I drive an old Mazda truck, a 17-year-old Mazda truck with a um, neoprene Hawaiian print seats in it. <laughs> and I drive to the beach in that. Sounds like a good beach buggy. Yeah, yeah. Because that's, that's a life I, you know, I want to be. I feel grateful every day. I go to the beach every morning at sunrise. I practice yoga meditation there. I do a live broadcast every morning. And, um, and that's, uh, cause that's why I feel is my selfless service out into the world to, to give fully and so that I can maybe hopefully wake other people up. 
and then I, I do, you know, live my life after that. Besides taking time to write a book and all this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel very busy. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I'm living it on my own terms and what I want to do. Right. Yeah, I, I, I definitely relate to that because I'm sort of doing the same thing with the podcast. I mean, I have a regular job, but it's a job that's not very stressful. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, 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 you know, it, it took um, making mistakes for me to end up where I was supposed to be. Um, when you, do, do, do you work with people? Do you have like a, a yoga studio? Do you work with individuals? I used to have a space that I rented that I, um, that I taught classes at and I did my own yoga teacher training and I, um, I had a retreat this year and, you know, I've led a, a few retreats. Um, but right now um, I've just been doing the live broadcast. I do a little yoga meditation on that every day. It's free. And, um, and that's, and that's all I do with that right now. I would like to, I still have my yoga school, you know, certifications and all that kind of thing. So I may tech, uh, go back to that. But mm. right now I'm trying to, I'm sitting in the space because um, I don't know, I don't want to be that busy. And if I, I'm just trying to trust my instincts on this. So I'm just sitting with it. I have that drive to do it because I am kind of an A-type person, but I don't know if I should do it because otherwise I'll get, um, you know, sucked into doing things that I'm not sure I want to do. Right. So if you're just doing this, the yoga for, for free right now, putting it out in the morning, um, what do you do for money? <laughs> well, um, that's why I drive a 15-year-old or 17-year-old vehicle. I, um, I have a, um, uh, oh, well, for my live broadcast, I do get little tips. And I, um, I have my book. I have little T-shirts that people can buy and things like that. I don't make a lot of money, but fortunately for me, um, I'm married now. And so my husband provides for me. That's so, good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say, for, <laughs> in my case, my, my wife is sort of the breadwinner. <laughs> <laughs> fortunately for you as well. <laughs> yeah. Allows us to, we all have our roles to play and, and, and who we are supposed to be. And I really feel like this is my, um, my karma, my, what I'm supposed to be doing. I have around 60,000 followers around the world that, uh, that are on my broadcast. Um, not every day, but they're there and I feel like I've affected them in some way. And so I sit in that space of, I have a lot of karmic, uh, money out there. <laughs> a lot of good, a lot of good uh, deeds coming my way. So. I, and that's true. You know, I feel the same way about what I do too. You know, as, as long as I'm producing what I'm supposed to produce, the universe somehow is going to take care of. Yes. And that's what I found has happened um, for me that things just keep happening and opening things up and, um, and working out um, better than I could expect. And so I just keep sitting in that space that it will continue to do that. 
Yeah. Like, like even like with the COVID thing, like I lost my job, but I still had like this part-time job. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just, you know, I went back to that. And, and now I'm doing better than I was before. <laughs> and I had That's the podcast. Awesome. So, you and know. And you said you didn't have stress. So that was, yeah. I, yeah. you know, that is awesome. You're able to do this podcast and put that out into the world. So. Right. At least, at least for now, you know, like things will always change and I have to change with them. Exactly. And, um, and have to stay flexible. And, uh, you know, um, so with the yoga, like I have, I, I used to practice um, Kundalini yoga, mm-hmm. you know, which was like a lot of breathing and, and, and um, a lot of back, back exercises and, in meditation, and it was definitely beneficial, at least when I was young. But however, like now that I'm like, you know, pushing 60, um, bending over to pick up a pencil is difficult. Um, (laughs) So so what should like old people do? (laughs) Well, I am also pushing 60. So I think that, I think as we move through life, like you said about being flexible in our lives and adapting to things as they come along, we have to do the same with our bodies and just do the best we can with what we have. And I think the key is to keep moving. So um, there's yoga. You can do a gentle yoga practice, which is, um, I just practice some, you know, like a 15, I do like a 15 minute yoga sequence in the morning and then I move into the meditation but I'm moving my whole body. I'm getting the stretch, the forward folds, like you said, um, bending over just to keep myself flexible. And, um, and it's good for your body. So I highly suggest that you do those forward folds, pick up those pencils and <laughs> side stretches and twists and things like that just to, to stay that way because it's good to get that oxygen into our body and all that energy flowing and moving and uh, bringing um, – you know, nutrients with it to flow through our body. So, and like I said, just do the best you can with what you have um, and go from there. It'll help you 20 years from now. You'll be like, glad you did. I can't imagine what my life 20 years from now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, the one thing I do is I have like one of those tables where you hang upside down. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that seems to help a little bit. Yeah, the inversions, those are yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool just hanging upside down for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's cool that you practice Kundalini uh, yoga when you were young. That's a pretty intense practice. Um, so um, as far as like with the breath, like you said, mm-hmm. high energy. Um, but there's so many different types of yoga. So I, I hope you search out and look for some different kinds. Yeah. Well, I think, I, for example, I went to, like, I'm a Buddhist, because, you, know, you know, I've always, ha- I have been for a while now, and I went on a Buddhist retreat here at a meditation center, and, um, and they were doing, like, some type of uh, yoga with a pole. Hmm. I've never seen that. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I mean, it was a little... Um, hard for me to do because I still I didn't have the flexibility to kind of like um, you know do what the other people were doing and I think that's one of the issues that I have one of the reasons I don't really go out and 
to like a place and do yoga because I look around and I was like, everybody else is like killing it, you know? <laughs> and here I am like falling over. Yeah. But you have to remember just to, to stay in your own body and mind and not worry what anyone else is doing. And that's a good practice also for as we go through life to, to do the same way, just keep doing for yourself because the harm in not doing it for yourself is that you're going to get, you know, stiffer, you know, less flexible. Mm -hmm. So we just got to show up and do what we can. But that being said that some practices aren't suitable, you know, like there's some really hard power yoga classes that, um, that no one should start out with unless you're a, you know, marathon runner or someone super, super fit, you know. What is the difference between yoga and Tai Chi? Um, I, they're very similar. And I don't think I can speak to the, to the complete differences of them. But they're both about energy and movement and, and breath. Um, so... Um, do you uh, use feng shui? I, I do and I don't. I don't, um, I don't get hung up on it, but I do, like, I make sure, like, my front door's east-facing and my house, my front door is facing west, so I created it where we always come in the back door, which is facing east and, mm -hmm. and things like that. I, I'm, um... I'm aware of those kind of things, you know, and you don't want um, something um, like a dirty drainage ditch, you know, flowing towards you, that kind mm -hmm. of thing. Um, so I'm aware of these things, but one of the things that I learned in yoga and in my practice as I dive deeper is that all those things like the feng shui and um, crystals and aromatherapies, they all work but you don't have to have them. You know what I mean? If you can tap into that essence around you, because right, we're all connected. Everything is one. That's the essence. Mm -hmm. so if we can learn to tap into that place, which is the goal of oneness, we can surpass all that stuff, but all that stuff helps us get there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just I sit in that space of trying to be with that oneness of everything yeah, yeah i don't get stuck on the details mm -hmm. you know say oh it's not going to happen because i didn't have this one stone or my house isn't facing the right way or the energy's flowing in and flowing out i i sit in the space and wherever i go that that you know everything will work out that um like the path is cleared for me and and in that essence I, I never even thought about what way my front door faces. It would, it <laughs> does, see, the sun rises in the east, right? It sets in the west. So, yeah, my house does face the east, my front there door. Good. See, good energy for you. But uh, I mean, I'll say like the, like the one thing that I think about feng shui is that that clutter sucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it just it just block, it messes up the whole flow of a room it does my house is um i have to say that we remodeled our house and um so we lived in clutter before then and it's, it feels so much better now 
<laughs> I guess the reason I'm, the reason I was late for this podcast is because I was moving every all the furniture around in the room where I do podcasts. <laughs> Oh. Well, <laughs> it's funny because I got sucked down my own hole too. I was working on something and all of a sudden I realized I'm like, oh gosh, I messaged him. I didn't even see what he responded back to what time the podcast was. <laughs> so, then I'm like, oh shoot. Yeah, so I kind of got got involved in my own uh, feng shui thing, I guess. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. It is, yeah. Yeah. See, Um, making space for our conversation. Yeah, yeah. And actually, you know, I sort of like what I've done now is like I have the middle of the room. So if I did do want to stretch or do yoga, I have room to do it now. Yeah. Oh, awesome. However, I still have a lot of clutter that I have to get rid of. I'm not sure what to do with all these books. I don't know. I'd probably just hide them in the closet. Yeah, that's what I, I... I have one space where it's just all clutter, but but I'm not looking at it every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I do is I, I shove everything in the closet, and then my wife opens the closet, and everything falls out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but at least you put it away. <laughs> it's not on the floor. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. So, so what specific type of yoga do you, do you practice or, and, you know, what, what type of yogas are types of yoga are available? Like, like one of the things, like I remember like when I lived in Princeton, uh, what was popular was like hot yoga. And I remember like walking past the studio and like all the windows were all steamed up. And it was just people covered with sweat. And I'm like, my God, that just looks horrible. It's like hell. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, I live in South Florida right now, and a lot of people here even practice hot yoga, which is oh, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm like, I'm so worried for all of them. I'm like, they're gonna all get dehydrated. But the thing about hot yoga is, if you've ever practiced it, is that there is a release when you when the sweat starts pouring out of you. It's like a like this physical like letting go, shedding. It, it feels good and. Yeah. Uh, when you're doing, you start out stiff, but when, as you practice in the heat, your muscles get looser, you get, you know, more flexibility, um, which, you know, you have to be careful because you might stretch too far, which isn't good either. So it's, it's a, uh, it's not something I think that people should go in mindlessly. I think that should be a, a real high level practice. I, I practice like a vinyasa yoga, which is moving with the breath. And as I'm, you know, getting older, I, I just slow it down and do it like a gentle practice of the same thing. And I just, you know, don't do as much. I do what I need uh, for that day. I let it be organic. And, um, but I make sure I do something every day, you know, at a minimum, like I said, 15 minutes do at least 15 minutes of uh-huh. yoga, like flowing with movement and breath. And, you know, I know what to do. So then I sit and meditate after and, and it really grounds me. And I, you know, get a really good meditation in because of that. And, and then that's it. Uh, what type of poses would you recommend for a beginner? I would, um, I would start out. Well, you said that you are, um, it's hard for you to touch your toes. I would, yeah, like I would, one of the things like, like with me is I have like a, uh, I don't know, like a problem with my lower back. 
So I can't, I don't know, like a sciatica thing. Yeah. I would do just a little sequence as I laid on my back then, if I was you. I would just lay completely flat on my back and uh, maybe bend your knees and uh, place your feet at the width of the mat and let your knees fall together just a little bit. And then just kind of move your knees side to side and then lower both knees to one side and extend your arm out to the other side and you know, get that spinal stretch mm-hmm. and do it on the opposite side. Then uh, grab behind one thigh and, and extend the other leg out. And if you don't have the flexibility to do that right now, you can get a belt or a t-shirt or something to put behind your thigh and grab both sides and just pull that uh, knee to your chest and just pause there for a few breaths. And then extend the leg all the way up to the sky and pause there for a few breaths. And then allow the foot to come back down to the ground and then allow the knee to fall open to the right side so that you're doing tree pose on your back on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, just to start with and then do that on the other side. Um, that would be just a good little sequence to do every day and then at the end of just doing that bring your knees back into your chest and rock back and forth and give that lower back a little massage and then roll both knees over to the right side and then to the left and move into your shavasana and meditation after and you'll be surprised how just doing that little bit will will help you every day you'll have to send me a video of this (laughs) so (laughs) okay (laughs) Because I'm not going to remember it all. <laughs> you know, like, is he picturing this in, in, in his mind as I'm saying this? I hope so. Yeah, like, I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I definitely like the idea of, like, using something to help pull my leg forward, you yeah. know. And then when you're laying on your back, you're protecting your back and your neck and all that um, that you need to do, especially yeah. back problem. Um, so... Yeah, that's like yeah. one of the things that I found difficult about that pole thing because we were using the pole and you, and you kind of like put it behind your back and it, it, it feels really nice. But then afterwards, like I couldn't walk for a couple of days. Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> I did too much. <laughs> yeah. So that's what, yeah. So when you, I feel like the practice is such a good lead of the yoga physical yoga practice is such a good lead into the meditation because you have to be really in tune to your body so that you keep yourself safe. So you don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, so that's, what's good about practicing alone. If you, you know, but I guess you need to know what you're doing. You need to know the poses. Yeah. That's why I think the video would be a good idea. Like, I know you have like your morning one. Yeah, on Sundays, I usually do that sequence. I'm traveling this Sunday, so I won't mm-hmm. be doing it, um, I don't think. But I, I call it my easy, like, Sunday morning yoga sequence. And I do um, that, plus extended a little bit more, a few more uh, poses that are on your back. Um, but I'll have, to, um, I'll have to send that to you. Maybe I can find an old one and, and forward it to you. What time, the, what time in the morning do you do I these do, sessions? I do it at 7 a.m. every morning Eastern time, though, so it would be like 6 a.m. for you, maybe a little early. Although I do have people that watch me from your time zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm usually up by then. Yeah. I have a dog that wakes me up at like 5. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, so you get your morning walk in then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, he doesn't walk. He's... Oh. He, he's 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 a um, a French bulldog, and 
They're, they're like the laziest dog ever. <laughs> oh, he, he eats, sleeps, and, and, and bites. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, so, look, we were, when you were talking about the hot yoga, you know, in sweating, and I understand, you know, that part of it because, you know, I live in the South too. And uh, I mean, I, I just get that from like mowing my yard, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> especially in July and August. Yeah. You know, and, it, and it's kind of like funny because I'll do that and then I'll just go to our, to the pool and just kind of cool off and relax. And <laughs> That sounds like a good strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's what I feel like too with the hot yoga. I feel like it's especially for all of us in the summer that and um, I guess it's taking that time to, to do that for yourself. I don't know. People love it. People love yeah. it. It's not my favorite. Uh, I it as well. <laughs> how about like not wearing shoes? Oh, that's not a problem for me. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, that's one thing. Like I noticed, like especially since I moved down here, like, like you know, like the idea, like we, we talk about, like feeling connected to nature and stuff like that. And, and, and I just find like just like not wearing shoes. It's like I, I hate wearing shoes now. <laughs> yeah, we um, uh, barefoot or in flip flops, and ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, Only me too. Do I have other shoes? Yeah, the only time I wear regular shoes is like when I have to go to work. <laughs> yeah. But but it's weird, like like just the difference that makes, you know, just feeling just more connected to the ground and feeling that energy sort of flow. Yes. Um, if you just stick your hands in a potted plant or the dirt or the soil, just being, just touching the grass, you know, with your feet or, or the sand, you know, or whatever. It is, um, it does, there is a different connection. And the same with food. Um, if you ever, you know, have a basil plant and you just take a piece of the basil off of it and eat it right off the plant, and, um, it's amazing the energy you feel from something so fresh and it comes from nature versus the processed food. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to have a really nice garden in New Jersey. Here where I live now, it's really hard to get stuff to grow because the dirt's like this red clay. Yeah. So everything has to be potted. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like one thing that me and my wife were talking about was sort of starting like an herb garden. I would love to do that again because it really is nice just to eat something that you just picked yourself and grew yourself. And Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It makes um, you feel so much better. I, I bet 20 years ago you would have never thought you would be talking about this stuff. <laughs> no, I, I, you're right. I never thought I would have. I never even came into my uh, my world. All I was about, um, you know, how I can make money, pretty much. You know, yeah. What I need to do what are what are the opportunities out there to make money? <laughs> and now, my, now it's like, what are my opportunities to make people aware of how to live in peace? You know. How to how to be peaceful in yes. this mixed up world? 
<laughs> the world definitely needs that. Yeah. Um, how about spirituality? How much of a role does spirituality play in your practice? Um, it's it's pretty big. I don't cons um, I don't go to church or the synagogue or anything like that. But I believe that there's a higher power, a higher source. I believe there's a God. Um, and I feel that connection to all. So when I, I'm thinking of that oneness, I'm thinking to the, you know, to the higher source, mm -hmm. the source of all. And, um, and, and, and I believe and that yoga brings you closer to whatever it is that you do believe, you know, whatever religion that you practice, um, it's, it's about connecting to that divinity within you, you know, that, anyway. <laughs> have you ever um, read any, like, like, you know, um, like, stuff like Yoga Nanda or stuff like that, stuff that's been written by swamis and, and yogis? Yeah. Yes. I eat that stuff up like chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> what's your favorite uh the autobiography of uh a yogi by um yogananda that's is, my favorite too <laughs> yeah and i hear that like the beatles and steve jobs and you know people have uh read that book you know several times um over and over so i think it's influenced many people Oh yeah, it's been huge. I I think Steve Jobs would would read it like once or twice a year. Yeah, I heard that. I don't read it that. I mean, I don't read it twice a year for sure. About every year and a half. It is an amazing book. Um, ha have you worked with or, or or practiced yoga with any swamis or yogis? Um. Well, I've had many teachers, and so, and many of them have had uh, many teachers. Like I, I, I've, I practice uh, with so many um, big teachers because I went to uh, the yoga journal conferences they used to do all the time, and there's a lot of amazing teachers that show up there. I've studied with um, a restorative yoga with Judith Lassiter, who um, was one of the original founders of the yoga journal. And she was also, um, or is still, she brought, um, helped bring yoga from the West, you know, and there's so many people that I, I've studied with. Um, there's just too many really to mention. Um, one of my favorite, um, who I didn't never had the chance to practice with is Ram Das. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to practice with him, but, um, I think I had the same, uh, some of the teachers I've taught with or learned from uh, have the same lineage as him. So wow. I feel connected in that way. <laughs> wow. I love him. I was just recently watched um, a documentary on Gaia with him. Oh, really? Yeah, it was really, really good. And, yeah. um, and, and a lot of it, like he was talking about, like, uh, you know, it was, it's kind of an off topic, but it's about like the, he, he, the joy of being around people who are dying. Yes. He had a stroke. And I think after that stroke, he had this awareness, you know, about the conversations um, that maybe needed to be had for, you know, as he aged, as he went into a different, you know, place in life. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he's he's amazing. He's super spiritual guy, that's for sure. Yeah. And um, and I like like he's definitely very non-judgmental and it's cool. Yeah, I guess what my, one of my favorite stories of of him. I remember correctly is, you know, he was a Harvard professor before he became a yogi. And he, when he first started studying, he started um, as a Harvard professor, he started experimenting with LSD because he was uh, teaching psychology and was, you know, studying the mind. And so he was trying these different drugs to have this awareness and things like that. And then he ended up um, going to India to study you know, well, to find Guru, to explore more about this awareness because he was having insights as he took his LSD. And um, the guru um, was with him and saw what he was doing or whatever. And um, the guru asked him for some. And so the Ram Dass just handed him, I guess, whatever it was, the container, the bag or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, however he had it. And the guru took all of it and Ram Das was like, oh no, I just killed my guru. <laughs> and, and the guru started shaking and convulsions and things like that. And he's just really freaking out. And then all of a sudden the guru just stopped and said, you don't need that. You can, you can get to this place without it. You can control your body. In essence, that the, it didn't affect that guru at all, the medicine, because he mm-hmm. transcended beyond that to the, those controls. So that, I always thought that was such a fascinating story about, you know, everything in life. You know, like what I was talking about earlier about what we, um, uh, what we eat and having the crystals and things like that, that we really can sit in that space of being unaffected by, by those other things if we sit in the true, like, oneness of all. So I think that's the goal. Wow. Um, that was pretty deep, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> have you ever tried LSD? No, I have not. Um, no. I have not. So I don't know. Have you? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you have? Did you? LSD, have- angel dust. I've tried it all. <laughs> I have tried none of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you have any of those insights or those glimpses when you? Practiced? Not that I remember. I, I was young and just, you know. Doing it like a doing it like at a Black Sabbath concerts and stuff. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You weren't thinking about the awareness of life and all that kind of stuff then. No, you're just having fun. <laughs> no, and, and, and you know not, now like like you, I I I I believe there's other ways of achieving. Like I, I don't doubt the validity of, of using psychedelics with the in the right uh, with the right person in the right environment will will. Uh, will give people experiences absolutely but i don't believe that's just the it's the only way right and in, in fact just before this before i was talking to you this morning i was talking to somebody who was also from harvard <laughs> about, about some of the same topics you know about about um altered states of consciousness cool. um do, do, do you feel like you reach an altered state of consciousness when you uh, do the yoga and meditation? Um, I've had little glimpses, but um, I actually had some experiences before I started practicing yoga when I was younger. 
that kind of gave me this awareness um, um, of what I could have, but I haven't reached that um, since I've been practicing. So, um, what, what happened when you were younger? Well, one of them was I was I was a swimmer when I was young, and I was seated last. And so I was made the finals and I was seated last and I was in the outside lane. And earlier in the day I had talked to my uh, father's friend um, and daughter. She had just uh, been in a car accident, been paralyzed. And they had talked to me about my swimming stroke and everything like that. And so I was around 13 years old and, you know, I really wanted to be off talking to my friends. I didn't want to be listening to anyone about my swimming stroke. I was there just to have fun mm -hmm. and they, but they were talking about strokes. So I think I listened more intently because of um, his daughter's, um, you know, she was a great swimmer and then she was in that car accident. So I was more present because of that. And then I had, you know, had took her, I had strolled around in her wheelchair around the swimming pool and, you know, had a conversation with her. And I, I think I was just in a different place that, that day because of all of that. And so when I got up on the block on that, uh, for that event, I dove into the water and I, I felt everything. I felt, um, I, and I can still bring myself back to that moment, how, what it felt like from all those years ago. I can feel the water all around me. I can feel the wetness. It was like I was in slow motion and I was uh, just started doing what they um, had told me to do, you know, the way they told me to swim, you know, my stroke, I was, fully focusing on it, but it, it was like, like what you see in the movies, like, oh, I can feel this water. I can push it this way. You know, I was just fully experiencing the whole movement and moment. And um, I just swam that way. And about three quarters of the way through, uh, in the last turn, I realized that I was in the lead. You know, I was, I was just swimming and not thinking about that. In the past, I would have double down like I did in life. You know, I just tried really hard and worked, worked, worked. And that's what I would have done in this event. Normally I would have just, you know, tried to move as fast as I could, you know, to get to the other end, but I didn't. I just stayed in this calm, smooth uh, practice, fully present. And I ended up winning the championship, but it, it was just a very surreal moment. And, um, but I haven't gotten there through yoga. <laughs> right, but, but you know it exists. That I know it exists. Yeah, and, it, and it's real to you. And, and I, I'm sure that experience and, and and that memory has played a role into getting you to the state, the place that you're at now. I think so. I think it reminded me that you know this is this is the path that I should be on and where I where I need to go. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, so where can my listeners find you? Um, well, the best, I guess, link would be linktree forward slash Donna Melanson, M-E-L-A-N-S-O-N. Uh, but I have a, my website is azulyoga.com, A-Z-U-L-Y-O-G-A. I have, um, I do a live broadcast every day and I have a podcast as well called The Silent Bit. I interview different yoga teachers. I just do it weekly. Cool. You'll have to uh, send me the links to all those, and I'll put them in the notes of this episode. 
that would be awesome. And that way my listeners can, can check out your podcasts and, um, you know, you know, your, your meditate, your thing in the morning and in your other websites. Um, so since you have your own podcast and, and interviewing somebody, you know, this is my first time interviewing about yoga. Um, <laughs> I know. There, I'm surprised uh, that you knew so much about yoga and meditation because I looked at your um, website and I'm like, oh, cool. He's into to, um, things that are open, and um, but you know a lot. <laughs> So, so, so have I missed any obvious questions that I should have asked? No, I think you did extremely well. I was really impressed that you knew so much. <laughs> and I only know a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I know a lot about meditation because I wrote a book on meditation. But you did? What was it called? What's it, it called? It's on Amazon. It's called Enlightenment Guaranteed, the only book on Zen you'll ever need. Oh, what a great title. I'll have Thank to check it out. It's a short book. It's only about 75 pages. Um, I, it, it actually started out like 150 pages. It was like twice as much, and I just edited it down to the stuff that I thought was important. Right. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, and, and then I also had that, you know, my Kundalini yoga thing. But I, was, I was young, and but it was cool because I will say, like the guy that I studied with, he was like the real deal. He would, he wore robes and turban all the time, and had like this long gray beard. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, his name I remember his name was Sukhmandur, and uh, and, and it's kind of cool because like like he like during class he was like real serious, you know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but then I remember one time I, I ran into him at, uh, I think it was like a Barnes and Noble or something, you know, and, and he saw me and he goes, he goes, you want to go see a horror movie with me? Just don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was, it's cool, you know, cause, cause he was a real person, you know, and I got to see that side of him. Yeah, that is cool. That's cool. Great. So, so thanks for taking the time to be on today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Great. Enjoyed the conversation. Me too. And I'll post all those links in the website and the episode. And, uh, so my listeners can find you. And, and also, uh, if you could like definitely send me like a, a video of the what you were talking about for me to try because I'll definitely try it. I will. I Especially will now that I got this extra room in here to do it. That's true. I was just clearing before this episode. See, it was meant to be. <laughs> there, you know, there, there's definitely a synchronicity to life. There, there, there there's is. no doubt about that. There is. All right. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page www.everythingimaginable2020.com Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. 
It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.